Hello and welcome to Powerful Conversations. I am your host, Noad, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about faith, but not just any faith, bully-proof faith. Stay tuned. If you are listening to this, I want to first and foremost say thank you. Thank you for tuning in, clicking play, sharing, downloading, all the things podcast related. I appreciate your support in doing so. And before I dive deep into this week's powerful conversation, I wanted to share something. So this week I had somebody contact me through my personal Instagram and send me a message. And this person was telling me about the podcast and which episode touched their life and, you know, just providing the feedback, which is, as I mentioned, feedback is a gift. And towards the end of our conversation, this person brought up a topic and they requested that in a future episode that I were to do one using that topic. And I love the idea. So I want to encourage you if you have Instagram, because as of right now, I don't have another method of communication, like an email or anything like that for the podcast yet. If you have Instagram, you can find my page. Um, it's called, it is open to the public. It's called TT Noni underscore designs. So TT Noni designs, and that's spelled T I T I N O N I underscore designs with an S at the end. And you can send me a private message there and let me know if there's a particular subject um, that you'd like for me to research a conversation on, whether it's faith, um, courage, fear, maybe some crazy drama. Maybe you maybe you want us to cover some crazy dramatic uh, story. That too. Um, just let me know. And yeah, because that's all very helpful. I won't. I can't promise that I will go ahead and discuss every single one of or touch base on every single one of the topics that come through the messages because keep in mind I, I'm before I'm talking to you guys I've talked to God about the episode and God is the one that puts the subject in my heart and we kind of just take it from there for instance this week the topic for this week was going to be completely different but I think it was yesterday or the day before prior to this recording, that the subject, that the subject and matter that we're going to be discussing, it completely changed. And that's okay. We're just going to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit and kind of take it from there. And then one last thing, this episode, um, and speaking of, this is what we're doing here. We're discussing the word of God. And every episode is for him and him alone. You know, yes, it's, we're going to bless the listeners. And I hope you are all blessed in every single episode. But they go dedicated to God. And today is no different. However, I do want to also dedicate this to someone that I love dearly and have known for many years that is going through one heck of a health battle. You know who you are because you are a listener. Um just please know that this one's for you and that I'm keeping you in prayers and I'm speaking healing into your life. So stay strong. All right. 
Well, without further ado, let's get started. So today's part for conversation is going to be located in the first of Samuel chapter one, verses one through 18. So that's first Samuel, first one, chapter one, verse one through 18. And actually let's take it from verse two. Okay, so Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Ophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penina and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion, because the Lord had given her no children. So Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her, because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as it was as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire life and a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord. His hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her, seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound. He thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk? He demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking or anything, wine or anything stronger. But I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again. And she was sad no longer. So in the beginning of this chapter, we sort of get a picture of the family dynamic here. Um, so we have Elkanah, who's the husband, and he has two wives, Penina and Hannah. And although he had two wives, he the one he actually was in love with was Hannah, yet was the woman who didn't have children out of the two wives. And I find this so interesting because... Although Penina had children, she clearly was a insecure woman. I mean, I don't know if 
Elkanah was very obvious about being in love with Hannah. Maybe the treatment was a little different. Although part of me thinks maybe not. And I just, and I'm basing this off of verse five because it says, and though he loved Hannah, he would only give her one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So although he was in love with her, he was a fair man. At least that's what I personally perceive on verse five. So then part of me wonders, Panina, why are you so insecure, girl? You are the one who, you are his baby mama. You are the one who had had children for him. Like you should be secure in that alone. And there should be no reason whatsoever for you to taunt Hannah at all. Okay. So it says that, Penina will taunt her and make fun of her. And here the word taunting or taunting is to provoke someone in an insulting manner. So this could be like tormenting somebody with our words, bullying them, ridiculing them. Like we're just out for blood. We're just out for problems, drama. You're just asking for a fight. And this is exactly what Penina was doing. She was making fun of her. And even though my nosy, curious self, I almost wished, not almost, I do wish that the word would have expanded on, hey, what kind of insults are we talking about? Like, what kind of things was she saying? Because like I said, Penina just, to me, sounded like a bully. And the word also does not mention, the word neither mentions any reply on Anna's part. Like, what was she, what would Hannah... Why would Hannah say in return? Like, how would she respond to Penina's insults? But anyway, the word says in verse seven that year after year, it was the same. So this was, this was not a, oh yeah, she started making fun of me. I have this bully, you know, we've had this beef between us for a few months. No, it says year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. So as they went to go spend time with God, as as they went to, to do the thing that they had to do in, in forgiveness of sins and just getting close to the presence of God, Penina was being a bully. And what's crazy is, and I digress a little bit, going back a little bit to verse 6. That it says Hannah did not have children because the Lord kept her from having children. So this was the situation where the Lord was in it. It was his will. His hand was in it. So because, you know, sometimes we have situations where it's a consequence of our own actions or inactions. Sometimes we do things or don't do things that we're supposed to be doing that are beneficial for us and that it's the will of God. And then we start paying the consequences for disobedience, period. Disobedience and our sin. But in this situation, it's saying that the Lord kept her from having children. It didn't say why, and I guess we don't need to know why. I mean, the word of God says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 5, it says, Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. So just know that if you're going through 
a situation or you feel like there is a quote unquote lack of something, it could just simply be that God's hand is in the matter for a reason. Okay. And there are, there will always be people who will have some type of thing to say like, oh, you are in this situation because of X, Y, and Z, or you should have done this differently. Like there will be people who will always have some type of comment. And just know that if you know that it's not a consequence of something you did and you know that it's the Lord, I want to encourage you to have peace. But I also want to encourage you just in case you've been a Penina because there are people that are Peninas. If you've been criticizing or been a little bit harsh on people towards someone in their situation that you know darn well it wasn't because of a consequences or a consequence of their actions or inactions and you haven't been treating them with compassion, it's time to get checked and we need to stop being Peninas. We cannot be out here trying to, yeah, we're going to the tabernacle. We're going to try to get closer to God, but yet we're, we're bringing our brothers and sisters and reducing them to tears. And it, it must've been that bad because it says each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. This girl felt like a bully. Now, I don't know if it's a, she had victim mentality, but she was pretty distraught. And up until this point, she hasn't said anything. Penina's doing all the talking. But then in verse 8, her husband starts doing some talking. Saying, why are you crying? Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? And see that right there... <laughs> Although he loved her, he really was not empathetic to her emotions and dismiss her feelings. Because, you know, sometimes even though God may be in the midst of a situation, you just feel crummy. You are just sometimes reduced to tears, sometimes just overwhelmed. And it is okay to acknowledge that. It is okay to have faith in God and still say, God, I'm trusting you. But please note that I feel overwhelmed, that I feel confused, that I feel isolated. Whatever emotions you may be feeling or processing, that's okay. We we are human beings and we're going to feel things. So, yeah. And likewise, when somebody is sad, and I know sometimes we, and I think I've done this before, I got to check myself too, or maybe somebody will say, oh, well, I'm sad and I'm depressed, not depressed, but like I'm upset, overwhelmed, whatever the circumstance may be towards an incident or situation. You know, we, we tend to try to encourage people by saying, don't worry about it. You got this. You know, in, you know, we go into encouraging mode and not dwelling into negativity, which there's a time and a place for that. But Hannah, 
she was distraught. She was reduced to tears and would not even eat. So this was not a little thing she was experiencing. She was going through this. It says the word says year after year. This was a huge situation that I don't know. I mean, I know I don't want to judge Okana, but he dismissed her feelings. And then says, you have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? Like he was really trying to make her feel better. He he was probably fed up with her, you know, not eating and feeling sad and kind of ruining the mood and the joy of taking this trip and giving the sacrifice and spending time with the family. And, you know, you always have that Debbie Downer. And I don't know, the, the way I'm reading, personally reading it, it's just coming across as him just kind of over like, girl, like snap out of it, like be happy. But she just wasn't. And she's still up until this point, we still have not heard Hannah say anything. She's just listening to the conversations that people are bringing to her conversations with others. But in verse nine, verse nine, Hannah took action. It says once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. So she went to address the situation with the person she needed to address it with. The number one, numero uno, and that's God. So she went to, um, she went to pray and says that Eli, the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. And Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. So she was just very distraught. But I got to love her boldness. God does invite us to come to his throne in boldness. We got to be bold with God. Because sometimes, I don't know. I mean, Jesus, didn't Jesus say you have not because you ask not? And I'm so sorry. That was not Jesus. That was James. Sorry about that. <laughs> but we sometimes don't have things or or have a situation taken care of because we're either not asking or we're not asking the right way. And again, the word doesn't really shed light as to what Hannah's prayers were times prior to that. But what if she was just praying, God, make, make Penina, make Penina stop bullying me or God, help me not be sad any longer, which is okay. You know, we're, we're praying, we're bringing it to God, but Hannah, she, she was fed up and she said, Oh Lord of the heavens armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son. And then she went into a covenant with God, into a commitment. Then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. So not only did she step into boldness and started having the right conversation with God, she put out a sign. She is like, 
listen, I'm not bluffing. This is going to be a sign that I mean business, God. Even though God knows our heart, he knows our intention, our deepest thoughts. But I love it. She finally stepped up and started to have a conversation. And that first conversation that we hear Hannah have is with God and is full of boldness. But then, of course, there's always somebody watching somehow from a distance. And then we have Eli. And I like to call him bully number three because so far we've had Penina make little comments. We've had Elkanah make a comment. And now we have Eli, who, not knowing the situation, not knowing what's going on, just decided to make assumptions and started making remarks. Remarks that were, I don't know, I guess kind of rude. I mean, we know. We know why Anna was crying. We know what was going on. And I get it. He probably didn't know. But those assumptions were pretty hurtful. And I love how she... After praying, she was able to fiercely address bully number three. She was, she was able to put him in check. And mind you, he's a priest. She was able to put him in check, saying, I have not been drinking wine or anything stronger. But I am very discouraged. So now Hannah's having a different conversation. And that conversation is a conversation of honesty. Listen, I'm discouraged. And sometimes we have to be very honest in how we're feeling. I'm overwhelmed. I feel alone. I feel like I was left out in the wind. I feel like, you know, like I don't know if I'm going to make it. It is okay to acknowledge and speak up. And it says, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman. For I have been praying out in great anguish. And it really put Eli in check. It put this man of God in check. Now, Eli whatsoever, I mean, Eli, the, the his response to this, I was already thinking that when she made this big, this big covenant with God, he said, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant the request you asked of him. Because I'm like, girl, that sounded like a lot. But what I personally would have added to that is, and may the Lord grant you the strength to pull through with that commitment. Because that's the thing, if we're going to make we're going to have that type of conversation with God and we're going to be that bold and stepping into his presence and say, God, let's make a deal. Let's talk. Let's, let's have a serious conversation. You better be, you better be ready to pull through with your end of the deal. This is no joke. You better not make a promise to God and dare break it. Do we fail as humans? Absolutely. But if you are ready to start having powerful conversations in the presence of the Lord and stepping into boldness in, in having the kind of faith that is bully proof, because the, the truth is there's always going to be somebody in life making comments. 
Somebody in life always making remarks. Somebody in life always trying to kill your dream, always trying to shoot down your ideas, always trying to discourage you, even when they don't, even when they quote unquote mean well. It's, you know, it's going to happen. And it is time that we step into bold, you know, we step into the Lord's presence and have these bold, powerful conversations. But we better be ready to pull through with what we have committed ourselves to do. Because this is the creator we're making deals with. This is, this is our God, our Abba Father, who we are, we are reaching out to. So yeah, let's pull through with our commitments to him. So if you're going to say you're going to do something, do it. But anyway, and to end it says, oh, thank you, sir. She exclaimed. And then she went back and began to eat again. And she was no longer sad. It means that she brought it to God. Had that conversation. And whatever happened in that conversation could mean she poured her heart out. But she was strengthened. She was bold and she stepped out of there in confidence and with that boldness to even be able to speak out and check bully number three and speak her truth. But she didn't go back to her sorrow. She didn't go back to, oh, poor me. She knew. She knew I brought it to the Lord. I brought it to him and she was fine and she was happy. And that's called faith. And that means she already believed it. She's seen it. I brought it to God. So in conclusion, um, I want to, I think first and foremost, we need to address, we need to acknowledge what it is in our lives that, what situation in our lives is affecting us. Whether or areas of quote unquote lacking where we feel like, oh my goodness, like this is rough. This I'm, I'm going through it and, and analyze, is it because of something I did? And if you can't find a reason, you know, you can't find, you can't tie it to something you did. Know that more than likely it's that God is in the midst. God allowed this for a reason, for a purpose and trust in him because when God allows for things to happen, it's not to harm us. Not at all. It's for our own good. He is our father. He's not here to hurt us in any way. He wants to take us to the next level. He wants us to be able to accomplish things and he has a purpose for us. Now he will mold us and that could be painful. He will put us through things that can build our character, especially if we're going to need it. If we're going to need it down the line. So trust in the process, trust in God. No, he he's, he's, uh, he's on it. Okay. Number two, 
who are the bullies in your life? And are you having the type, the correct or the right type of powerful conversations with them? And, or are you a bully? How are you speaking to people in their circumstance? Are you praying alongside with them? Are you saying things like go in peace and may the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him? Or are you like Penina, Elkanah, and Eli saying things like you are drunk. They get over your feelings, get over your emotions, get over yourself or haha, look at you and your situation. So if you are, then I will talk to God because those things need to be addressed. And sometimes, like I said earlier, we may do it in quote unquote with good intentions, but in the process, we're actually hurting people. So let's not be that. Let's not be the bully. Number three, let's be bold. Let's stop having little faith prayers or let's stop just praying for God to address symptoms you know, let's pray for God to address the issue at its core. And it's in this case, Hannah was like, God, give me a child. But she was bold in her prayer and her commitment. I think it's time we got to challenge ourselves and to start praying very bold prayers. I think it's time to start doing that. Now, keep in mind, like I said earlier, if you're going to have, be having these kind of bold prayers, you better be ready to make kind of, these kind of bold moves. Because Hannah, she she was she was ready. <laughs> she was ready and she meant business. And lastly, once you've brought it up to God, don't go back to being sad. Don't go back to being discouraged. Go back and eat again and don't be sad any longer, okay? Because you've already brought it and had the powerful conversation with the correct person. And that is God. All right. With that said, I want to bless every single one of you listeners. May God grant you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Like it says in Psalms 20, chapter 20, verse 4. May God give you the understanding that you need. May he provide in the areas that you may be lacking. God bless you, okay? And now remember, we can destroy or build worlds with conversations. Conversations are powerful. So let's make them count. Take care. Take care.